0: Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome back to our podcast, The Ins and Outs of Selling a Business. For those of you just joining us, uh, my name is Keith D. I'm president of Osage Advisors. Osage Advisors is a boutique merger and acquisition firm working with business owners and their families looking to sell, uh, typically with revenues of $5 million and up. Um, We've been around. This is our 22nd year. And thanks for joining us. Uh, Today's topic is one that, you know, I kicked around a lot uh, because it's not everybody's favorite topic. It's uh, taxes. But taxes is uh, one of the most critical components of an m and transaction. So I thought it was very important for us to talk about a bit today, uh, ways uh, tax strategies, uh, ways to minimize tax, uh, ways to eliminate tax, ways to defer tax. So I'm very happy uh, to uh, welcome our guest, uh, Steve Holt. Steve is a partner uh, with the firm of Mandelbaum & Barrett. Mandelbaum is a uh, long-term uh law firm based in northern New Jersey uh, with offices in New York City. Um, They have been named to the U.S. News and World Reports uh, to their best law firm's list for several years, including uh, 2022. Uh, Steve has over 35 years of experience. Uh, He chairs the firm's taxation, trust, estates, and charitable organizations departments and has specific knowledge, which is relevant for today's topics, uh, uh, regarding sophisticated, uh, family wealth transfer planning, business success planning, and has been involved in multiple M&A transactions, both sell and buy side, uh, over the years, Steve, uh, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. It's certainly my pleasure. Um, I hope to impart some uh, helpful knowledge to your uh, potential business sellers. Um, One key item is to uh, remember that this planning works best if you think about it well ahead of a sale. Uh, We um, struggle with the potential tax savings and opportunities where you get a little too close. So uh, the time to start uh, thinking about. Uh, succession planning, transition planning, income tax and estate tax savings in the context of a business sale um, is when the thought of the sale first enters your mind and gets serious rather than after the letter of intent stage uh, and certainly well ahead of the contract stage. uh, if I might, Keith, I want to I want to talk about uh, a couple of very strategic, beneficial opportunities that we can present uh, to business sellers. Um, and just by way of background, um, it's important to understand that the estate tax rate uh, is a very substantial rate. It's it's forty percent. It's pretty much a flat tax for large uh, transfers of wealth. Um, that's that's a big bite when you think about the fact that you've built a business, uh, paid a lot of income tax along the way, um, at, struggled to manage cash flow, uh, and you're trying to get your payout at the last day, uh, only to have a forty percent haircut. Um, the good news is that there are a lot of opportunities for pre-sale planning that can substantially reduce your tax bite, um, uh, as well as um, uh, increase the flow of funds for your own benefit and the benefit of your family after the sale transaction. Um, So I'm gonna talk about a few, uh, I think very strategic planning techniques for business owners um, that will allow for the the saving of estate tax. Uh, primarily. Um, the other side of the coin is income tax savings. Um, the, the federal government has structured the tax code in such a fashion that when you sell your business, other than by doing a reorganization um, where you receive shares of the buyer, for example, um, you're going to pay the federal tax. There's really not much that can be done about that. Uh, the good news is that the federal estate tax rate for capital gain transactions is a high of 20 percent today. So if you structure the transaction correctly so that the assets being sold are capital assets, it's primarily the goodwill of the business or the shares of the business itself, um, you're going to enjoy a 20 percent haircut plus the uh, state uh, income tax, um, which isn't terrible when you think about uh, the ordinary income rates, which are nearly double that. There's a technique that I'll introduce that'll help um, you think about potential income tax savings. Uh, It doesn't always uh, jive consistently with your estate plan. So you kind of have to pick your poison if you would. Um, Let's talk about the estate tax first. Um, There are a number of ways to transfer assets uh, ahead of a sale um, which can maximize your estate tax savings uh, through the use of Uh, careful planning in terms of timing, uh, as well as valuation strategies. Um, If you're thinking about a business sale, um, your business, um, and and there's no uh, offers on the table, Um, we all know that a strategic offer from a strategic buyer is going to be a larger number than um, you think your business is worth on a going concern basis. And that's very important. If you were to bring in a valuation professional to value your business as a private company uh, for a host of reasons, uh, that valuation would most likely not reflect the strategic value. Uh, It's a non-saleable asset Um, If you have multiple owners, there are questions of the ability to liquidate the business. Uh, What is the liquidation value as compared to the strategic value in the hands of a strategic buyer? All of those variables substantially reduce the value. Um, It's important that you get a a qualified appraisal. Um, Your appraiser will take into consideration the fact that the business is private Uh, There's no public market for the sales. Owners of the shares are locked into the business, uh, normally by reason of uh, buy-sell agreements or operating agreements if you're an LLC. uh, There's limited ability to liquidate your interest. And accordingly, uh, when you look at those interests on a standalone basis, uh, they're worth a lot less than their relative share of the strategic value. So you wanna get uh, to start the process, you wanna look at the value you want to make sure that the valuation reflects all of these value diminution variables. Um, and then you can start thinking about transfers. Um, a lot of our clients have built their businesses um, and it's the payday time, uh, but they're worried about cash flow. Um, you know, if I were to simply give away my interest to my children or trust for my children, um, where does that leave me? Uh, in many cases, um, they have great concerns about uh, where uh, they're going to be left following a sale and how they can manage their retirements um, there's a technique that has been developed and we use very extensively uh, to uh, obviate that concern for business owners. Um, it's called a Spousal Lifetime Access Trust. Uh, this is a trust that uh, the business owner would create, uh, which provides benefits for his spouse and if he wishes, children, grandchildren, other beneficiaries. Uh, the key component there is that there is um, uh the includability of the spouse as a beneficiary so that if the business owner were to transfer his business to a SLAT, it's called the SLAT, Spouse of Lifetime Access Trust, um, he still has access to the cash flow from the business proceeds uh, by reason of the fact that his spouse is a permissible beneficiary. Uh, in many instances, the spouse will actually be the trustee and so controls. Uh, how the assets are distributed out and when, uh, in addition, the business owner uh, who's been used to maintaining control over his assets uh, can be appointed as the investment advisor to the trust uh, and thereby uh, allowed to uh, manage uh, the assets and how they are invested uh, without being a beneficiary and without causing the assets to come back into his estate So, we did, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, as there was this potential for a fiscal cliff, which would have reduced the estate tax um, exemption amount significantly, uh, we did a number of slats uh, to the very uh, pleasure of our business owners. Um, There are limitations, Um, you can only give away. Uh, 24 million of assets during your lifetime without incurring a federal gift tax. Um, So unless it's strategically beneficial to pay a gift tax, uh, you would normally not uh, want to transfer more than your exemption amount into a trust of this nature. Um, again, the key is that the trust is flexible in terms of benefits It can be paid for your family. Uh, it allows for distributions back to your spouse so that you can enjoy the cash flow from your assets and otherwise provides very flexible planning for your family. Um, if cash flow preservation is not that significant in importance, um, you know, the other strategy is to use your exemption amount, again, your $24 million exemption amount for a married couple uh, to make gifts, again, in trust for your children, your grandchildren, uh, other beneficiaries, Um It's important to note that when we set up trusts for children and grandchildren, we normally recommend that they be lifetime trusts um, for two reasons. Number one, the assets are protected from your child's creditors, uh, provided there's an independent trustee uh, that can serve with or without your child. Uh, Secondly, at your child's death, uh, whatever the value of the assets has grown to during his or her lifetime is completely exempt from federal and state estate taxes. Again, there's a limitation. Uh, these types of trusts can only uh, receive up to $24 million of assets without a gift tax. Um, that's normally where our clients tend to uh, stop when they're doing transfer planning because nobody wants to pay a tax too early. Um, so, uh, there are kind of two ways to look at it. Do I want to benefit uh, my children and grandchildren in a trust where I don't need the funds? Uh, or secondarily, do I need the funds and therefore will I use the SLAT strategy? Uh, the third approach, which you know a lot of our clients have an appetite for and many don't, uh, is to use certain charitable trusts uh, to uh, hold assets of your family business ahead of a sale. Uh, If you have a charitable interest, uh, there's a great deal of benefit there, Uh, primarily um, when the business assets are sold uh, the gain is completely eliminated federal and state level uh, because the trust is a charitable trust. Uh, charitable trust do not pay income tax on income or gains. Um, it's a great way to do your charitable planning and at the same time uh, significantly uh, reduce your income tax liability on the sale as well as your estate tax on your accumulated wealth. Um, any assets held in the trust are not subject to estate taxes um, if in the case where the business owner feels he still needs some access to the cash flow from the sold asset, uh, you can set up uh, what's called a charitable remainder trust. A charitable remainder trust uh, provides for a distribution for a number of years or for the life of the grant or the trust um, of a certain amount. Um, to assure that the grantor business owner still has cash flow uh, for a significant period of time. And then, following uh, that annuity period, uh, the asset devolves down to designated charities. Um, with this type of trust, uh, to the extent of the actuarially determined value of the remainder interest that will ultimately pass to the charity, uh, the business owner gets an income tax deduction for the transfer into the trust, um, as well as um, um, uh, a gift tax uh, a deduction to the extent of the value of the remainder interest. Uh, if the business owner wants to generate cash flow for a charity and ultimately have. Uh, the residual value of the asset that he sold go to his family, Uh, he would set up a charitable lead trust. This type of trust pays an annuity interest to the charity during a period of time uh, after which the asset passes to his children, grandchildren or anyone else he wishes to benefit. So again, charitable planning is a great tool to be used by a business owner, again, ahead of a sale, because we want to do get these valuation uh, plays in, at work, um, if you have a charitable interest. Um, many of our clients don't, and uh, the numbers may not justify building charitable planning into the structure, uh, but it's something that uh, certainly can be accommodated, uh, again, ahead of a business sale. Uh,
0: so um, Steve- Keith, any questions uh, on that? Component? Yeah, there's a, so that's, um... What I'm hearing from you, there's several techniques that will provide the cash flow. Because a big question for most of our clients and your clients is, will I have enough money post-sale to live the life I'm accustomed to, right? I don't want to short myself or my family. I also don't want to shift a huge portion of the proceeds of sale to whether it be federal or state taxes. And it's all about cash flow post-sale. And, you know, we're trying to avoid surprises, Right, I mean the key, the, key, the key thing about planning is that you don't and, and and you don't you want to limit it to surprises in a transaction. So if a business owner is not thinking about this, uh, hasn't engaged with the right uh, trusted advisors like yourself for me, uh, and all of a sudden he gets to the table after spending a lot of money and he realizes he has a huge tax liability, you know he may walk away because hey I I can't do this because there's no money left for me or not enough left for me and my family. So what I'm hearing from you is and and of course. What's happening here is, is that you have it's a family, so you're the second generation or third generation is thinking about, well, I'm just going to take the business over, my parents are going to give me the stock, and you know, but and their parents are saying, well, what am I going to live off of, right? So what I'm hearing from you, and these are, again, these are, these are, these are favorable um, elements of the tax code. That could be implemented so that our clients, yours and mine, and other uh, others watching, can live the life they want to, but also minimize the tax imp- implications of a transaction. So, um, I guess I guess what it comes down to is when you sit with your client, right, or a client, um, hopefully way ahead of the game, right. You know, what are the kind of questions that you you, know, you prod them, ask them, because they're not thinking about this daily, right? They're not thinking about, all right, my charitable, uh, I give to the church, I give to the town, I give to the land, whatever their, their your passion is on a charitable perspective. And I got my kids, and now I got my grandkids. Um, you know, should I, <laughs> you know, frankly, you know, some of the tax planning techniques I've asked my clients about is, well, I'm just going to move to a tax-friendly state, right? But is that what you really want to do? I mean, you got your kids, your grandkids. Maybe you have an older parent. You want to be close to them, and then all of a sudden you're out. Of, uh, you know, you're someplace down south for or, or west for you know six months in a day before you can come back. So, I'm interested. Um, I think the audience is like you know the kind of things that you you're trying to you know kind of kind of get where they're coming from, right? What are their goals? What are their objectives? How do you how do you go about that in your conversations? Because these are complex. I mean, you know, your stuff, you've been doing this for years. You have a great tax department at Mandelbaum that has, that lives and breathes daily, but you know, to bring these concepts in front of the business, how do you guys approach that? Sure. Um,
1: good, very good question. Um, you know, one of the key components that is overlooked in the planning process uh, with uh, professionals uh, helping you sell a business is the family dynamics Um What are you going to do that will uh, break your sales proceeds into uh, three or more components? Those being what you have, what your children have, and then if applicable, what a charity will get. Um, Our clients are very fearful about enriching their children. Uh, You know, the phenomenon that we, we try to move clients away from, and it's hard to do, uh, is the the secrecy. Um, you know, the adult yeah. children don't know anything about the business. they don't know the value. Um, they can't plan for their own lifestyles. They don't know what the end game looks like because uh, dad's concerned about uh, spoiling them, enriching them unnecessarily. Um, that's where the magic of trusts come in right. um,
0: and these can, are these you know, are kids the end, I'm sorry these are these are children who Probably don't work in the business, correct? Or could well, work. Well, that's in the, business. the it could be that's both. the other nuance right. that
1: you know certainly creates a lot of challenges for you and I, Keith. As mm-hmm. you know, uh, what do you do about the children that are in the business versus the children that are outside of the business? Um, you know, what we see often is the buyer recognizes the value of the working child, uh, wants them to stay on board, wants to enrich them uh, with uh, you know nice compensation, incentives, opportunities on the long term. Where does that leave the uh, other children who are outside of the business? Um, we spend a lot of time talking to our clients about that topic. Um, do we do something extra for the kids who are outside of the business? Do they d- deserve that? Is there enough available for them? Um, how do we augment it if you feel compelled uh, to enrich your son or daughter who's helped you build a business uh, where uh, the other children might feel they've been shorted? Um, you know, there's a lot of strategies that we build in, including life insurance to make equalization transfers. Um, but, you know, we're We're psychologists in a way, Keith. Right. We you know we have to. We have to deal with the emotion of all of that, you know. And oftentimes, uh, you know, this is the first time that children are exposed to uh, any knowledge about the business, what it's worth, what it means to them, um, and um, what will that uh, do to change their lifestyles, if at all. Um, and it's a shock, and it's emotional. Uh, and then you have brother or sister who's, you know, suddenly going to get a great employment contract and a long term. Security package while uh, they are uh, not sure of where they're going to end up and what they have to do on a career path. Um, so th- th- it's a, it's a conversation we have uh, most often with the family, with you know with the senior members of the family. Rarely with the kids, but um, as other professionals will attest to, it's so important to get them into the mix early on. Um, the the key. Is the use of trusts, of course. Um, when you say it to a child, you know, I'm, you, you know, you're going to be the beneficiary of a twenty million dollars stake in this business. Um, you know, right away they're running to buy the boat or the motorcycle. Well, that's not how it's going to work because you, your share is going to be held in a trust. Um, we always recommend that the child have a seat at the table so that uh, even though they may not be their own trustee, uh, they're sitting with the professional trustee, looking at investments, talking about cash flow, uh, talking about their needs, uh, being conservative in what they want, knowing that this is an opportunity for a lifestyle change but not now, you know, now you have to be productive. Now you have to think about, um, you know, your career path, and then maybe this will give you an opportunity for an early retirement, or even an opportunity to enrich your your own children, all in a very tax-favored environment. but those are those are challenging conversations, as, as you and I have both had.
0: Yeah, we, you know, it's 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 as I sometimes say, when 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 the transaction becomes public among the family, um, all of a sudden people it gets people's attention, right? They right. know there's money there, and you know how how do the parents, uh, you know, navigate that? Uh, and and it, and it's complex. It may not be just you know, you know, uh, it could be a second marriage. Right? There could be stepkids. Uh, there could be a lot of different avenues that need to be addressed that puts a lot of pressure on the business owner because you know, they kind of have been avoiding it for a long time. They really, I mean, they're probably thinking about it, but it kind of like, just procrast- I don't want to deal with this right now. Right, I'm trying to run my business. And, uh, but then it comes to a point where it becomes real. And all of a sudden, you're at the table uh, over Thanksgiving or just a a meal with uh, a couple of your kids, your grandkids, your stepkids, uh, and it can be uh, uncomfortable, right? Correct. So I I think that's an interesting area, and I would love to have you back and talk a little bit more about that family dynamic piece because, I mean, you're hitting on a critical issue. I mean, that's, and in fact, a lot of people, you know, may delay the sale of their business because they don't want to deal with that aspect of it right. to a point to the detriment of the company and themselves, right? I mean, from a stress perspective, from a health perspective, from a numbers perspective. So I'd love to have you come back and uh, sp- talk a little bit about about some of these family dynamic areas and other other uh, tax tools, tax strategies you use, and uh, just, you know, spend some time talking about that. And that would be great if you could do that.
1: My my pleasure, Keith. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Well, great, Steve. Thanks for being with us. Again, um, my name is Keith D. I'm president of Osage Advisors. Uh, You can reach us at our website at osageadvisors.com. Feel free to email me at kdee at osageadvisors.com or pick up the phone anytime and give us a call at 860-767-3273, extension 1001. Thanks for being here today and have a great day.